It's time for the Moving the Chains podcast. Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now your host, Kevin Thomas and Jarrell Hendricks. Welcome in, folks. Kevin Thomas, Jarrell Hendricks here for Moving the Chains. Today we're joined by a very special guest, the defensive coordinator for the Clinton Red Devils, Ethan Campbell. Ethan, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm just glad I got the invite onto the show. I've really enjoyed what y'all have done with it and looking forward to the interview. Good deal. Good deal. So we'll just hop into some questions. Ethan, so you guys had a big win on Friday uh, over Union County, 56-21. to 21. Uh, That's the freshest game. So uh, let us know a little bit about Friday night. Man, we, uh, we've kind of had it circled for a while just because we lost to them in such a close game last year, a one-score game, in a game that we ended up actually having a touchdown call back late, and then they scored with about two minutes left on the clock to win by one score. So, And the Clinton Union all the way back to the early 2000s has been a big game. You go back to the Roscoe years and the uh, for Union and the Brian Kingsbury years for Clinton, and those are two communities that really like to get after one another. So it's been circled, but they're, they're a good football team. Their, their record doesn't show it, but there's a lot of athletes on that team. And well, you, you've got the quarterback number two, the Thompson kid, and the two receivers, along with some great coaches, not only great coaches, but great dudes. And I'll give them a shout out in just a minute. But just that whole, that whole team and community is a lot like Clinton. They invest a lot into that school. But, um, yeah, so it was an exciting game for us. Yeah, anytime you can beat Union, that's a big win. They're always a solid program for sure. You know, Ethan, looking at some stats, your defense has given up about 15 points per game so far this year. What are you guys doing well right now? What's been your style this year? And what's really working well for that defensive side of the ball? Um, I'll tell you one thing that – and we'll probably hit on this a little bit later, but one thing that's helped us out a lot is how well our offense controls the ball. And that's to the credit to our offensive guys. But as far as defensively, it's not that we do anything extremely complex, um, but we just got – and that goes back to that Clinton mentality. We've got a lot of guys that like to fly around and try and get to the football, and and that's that's what they do. Um, it's probably one of the faster defenses that I've ever coached, and that's all credit to the guys. That's not me. It's just a bunch of kids that really love playing like the hair's on fire and getting around to the ball. So you told me this is your – first interview and you just segged it perfectly into our next question for you who are some of those key guys on that defense uh that are making those red devils fly around um you hate to i hate to just mention one or two and i'm gonna end up mouthing off 11 right here but you've got hey, Bry- do it. you've got bryson james and jack gary who also are two of our running backs and uh jack gary is a four-year starter uh, he led the team in tackles as a freshman and sophomore. Bryson James led the team in tackles last year. Um, and just both of them have a dog mentality. And then we have the two Copeland twins, Austin and Justin, that play safety. And it's it's just another, I mean, not to repeat myself, but just two more guys that like to just get after it. Up front, we, we kind of, we have uh, Hezekiah Kiner. He's a big, big guy for us, junior. 
Um, a very interesting stat is that he leads the team in assist tackles from the defensive tackle position. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy that just gets after the ball. And that's – I haven't mentioned everybody, but those are the ones that are kind of on the forefront, especially statistically speaking. But the big thing is, is the mentality aspect. And those guys, they hold each other accountable. Um, at practice, if somebody's slipping there, they'll let them know, and which is great for me. I mean, oh. and the, the whole coaching staff, because your best teams are the ones that are led by the athletes. You mentioned your offense uh, a few minutes ago, and I think those guys are scoring over 40 a game. Does that just allow you to be more aggressive coaching, you know, defensively, knowing that they're going to put up a ton of points, or does that change what you guys do any because of the success that they're having on their side of the ball? Honestly, our goal is just to to get the ball back to them. Um, now, we, we do, like I said, fly around and try and get to it. And we can be a little more aggressive because our offense has done a good job of maintaining drives. And they have we have the capability to – I say we have the capability, but we've had some runs where our guys hit it for 40-plus. But then we've also had some – 14 play drives as a defense coordinator you'd rather see those 14 play drives <laughs> let's, let's eat that clock that's let's, right let's keep it rolling let's eat some of this clock and punch one in and give a stop and then eat a little bit more clock but yeah so it, it it definitely makes it easier on us when our offense is clicking and like I said that's to the credit of them um Coach Louis Alexander, who is our offensive coordinator, is one of, in my opinion, and I've been coaching him for a long time, one of the best play callers around. Um, I just think he, he always is with the flow of the game. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't pick anybody over him. And, but now that's a personality thing. <laughs> I'm really, really tight. Um, and Coach Fountain also, who is the head coach, who, it's fantastic to work for. He he helps offensively and defensively and is very, very knowledgeable and basically just guides us when he can. That's cool because um, we always like to hear those terms, complimentary football. You said you had some guys going both ways, so um, I'm sure that helps out um, with the, for the game. But uh, changing gears a little bit for our next question is uh, got to bring it up. Hopefully it's winding down. We saw week two across the state get hit pretty hard. But how has COVID changed the way you guys prepare for games? And, uh, you know, especially now that you moved to regions, it's a little bit different. Um, get ready for those opponents. And we ended up losing a game – not losing a game. We postponed the game. Our week three game got moved to our bye week with Newberry. Um, prepping for it, when we watched film, we had to split up. And it's that – that kind of stinks. But you know what? We I, I think our coaching staff's well enough that I don't have to be in there with everybody. I trust the guys that coach with us uh, defensively and offensively too. So it's not – it hasn't been that big of a deal. Um, we also – when we have – we have a class at the end of the day that the majority of our football players are in, and we just take precautions in that. But when they come into the gym, we, we're separating them. All right, they're not all just sitting together. We got them separated until we – and we were – and we still do. We change in shifts in the locker room to get outside. 
Um, it's just all those little things. And I, I got to give a shout out to uh, Dr. Noran Pace, who is our athletic trainer. And she really, I don't want to say hammers us because that makes it sound bad, but she, she just, she does a really good job making sure that we are following precautions that uh, we should be. And she's been doing that for two years now. And guys, not to, not to go off topic here, but not only football wise, but just administrative and um, athletic training, the toll that this whole COVID thing has taken on the school system is ridiculous. And, but we've got good people in place that are allowing us to do the right thing and they got us when they can. And we're, we're very blessed to have the people we have supporting us. And that's all the way from the district office of Dr. O'Shields to um, our principal, Dr. Brothers. We're fortunate with who we have. That always helps when everybody's on the same page for sure. It's not like you guys have a good group over there from, from the top to the bottom, it sounds like. Let's talk about your career for a second, Ethan. You know, give us a little background about you know how you got to, to this position here at Clinton and what you've done before now, I guess, in, in coaching. Um, I was like I was telling y'all earlier, a lot of people don't know it, but um I graduated high school in 2010 and I was hired as the head wrestling coach at Mid-Carolina High School when I was 19 years old. And uh, I was hired by our offensive coordinator, who was then the head coach and AD at um, Mid-Carolina High School. And I was the head wrestling coach, I think, for six years and coached linebackers the entire time. Um, I became the defense coordinator in 2017, I believe it was. And anyway, Coach A, our offensive coordinator, left Mid-Carolina and came to Clinton and the next year they had an opening for a D.C. job, and he really put in a good word for me with Coach Fountain, and that's how I ended up at Clinton. And I've been fortunate to be – and once again, not to ramble, but I've been fortunate to have people throughout my entire life looking out for me professionally, um, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. Coach Alexander has been a, a huge blessing. Coach Fountain has been a huge blessing since I've been there. I can go all the way back to my – my high school days of playing for coach Donald Addis, who is one of the greatest men that I've ever met in this profession. And those guys, it's really the coaching world is really a network and it's, it's who you, who you have impressed or who really likes you and who will is willing to stick their neck out for you and, and just hope you don't let them down. And I've been blessed in that aspect for having guys that were willing to vouch for me. Well, something I've learned professionally is people aren't willing to stick their neck out for you, like you said, unless you're doing a good job. So you're obviously doing something right. The Red Devils are sitting at 6-0 and this year, so you're doing the right thing. So you shouldn't just say, like, you know, hey, these guys are just handing it to me. You're earning it, too. So uh, I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> yeah, testament to you there. And um, I guess my next question is I'm an X's and O's guy. Um, I'm more of an offensive guy. But um, I do I do appreciate the defense. What kind of scheme you guys run? And we haven't been able to get down there to see you guys. First off, I want to say people that – I judge people that say I'm an offensive guy because I think now I'm thinking, hey, he's just all flash. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, Jarrell. That's Jarrell. You're right. You're right. right. So I'll take defense that. Is more hard-nosed, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, we base out of an odd front uh, of a 3-4. Now, we um, – I guess if you want to put it in the video game, terms we're multiple we can get into an even front as well um but we like to stay in an odd front with a two high safety look because like i said 
I feel like that's what suits us best because we got we got guys that put the work in in the weight room and it pays off and we have a lot more of the skill type players than the defensive line type players. So I referenced it earlier. Just let those guys play like the hair is on fire, man. Just get them ready to run through a wall and make sure don't overcoach it. Make sure you're in the right spot and let them play football. So that, I mean, that's a that's a blessing in itself. If you're able to go odd front in high school ball, that's really beneficial with, I know, teams trying to spread out and throw it all over the park. If you can, uh, you know, kind of set the edge and set that line of scrimmage with three down linemen, I know that helps out a bunch. Yeah, it does. Awesome. So, Ethan, I guess in the future, you know, do you want to get into that head coaching role? Do you like coaching defense? Like, what are your long-term goals, you think, as a, head, as a ball coach? Um, I, I'm not going to say I'll never be a head coach. And I'm not trying to give you a run-of-the-mill answer here, but right now with what's going on in Clinton, I'm extremely happy where I am. That's awesome. Um, I, I've enjoyed my two years there. And I'm telling you, people people talk to coaches about coaching. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like your teaching job, your teaching job is 90% of it. And if you're not happy in your teaching job, it don't matter how much you love your coaching job. Mm-hmm. And I have really enjoyed my time in uh, – the Lawrence 56 district and at Clinton high school because the administrators support you. Um, there it's not overbearing and it's, it's a, just a great place. Um, it's a good mix of kids. It's not too far one way, too far another. I mean, it's a good mix, which is what, the way I grew up and I, I love it. Um, and I keep talking, I say that about teaching, but the support that the, the athletic department has received since I've been there is astronomical. It's just so, so helpful. We just got a, um, we just had our weight room we redone probably back in April. And Coach Fountain made a proposal. He got some pictures of some other local high schools and took them to our, um, our superintendent and our principal and said, look, this is what's around us. Is there anything we can do? And they didn't bat an eye. It was get some quotes and we'll see what we can do. And within two months, we had a renovated weight room. Uh, And that, and like I said, that speaks volumes for Dr. O'Shields and um, Dr. Schrantz and Dr. Pitts, all the people in district office and Dr. Brothers, who is our principal. It, it comes back to that, guys. Um, if you've got that support and you enjoy your job, I'm, I'm in no hurry to leave. So you mentioned earlier your mentors, um, some role models that have helped you along the way. Outside of those those great men and uh, teachers and things like that, who are some of your other influences maybe on the college level, the professional level um, that you kind of draw from to uh, to craft that defense down there? Um. Uh, my brother's going to hear this, and I'm going to have to explain to him why I said it. And I'll get to the college level, but it's almost too sentimental for a football chat. But uh, if it were – I'm a younger brother. My brother graduated high school three years ahead of me. He's like three and a half years older than me. If I wouldn't have had him, there's no telling what I'd have been doing because he was dragging me into the yard when I was four and five years old, making, hey, put this glove on, we're going to throw a <laughs> hey, catch this football, we're going to throw this football. And I was just a little brother tagging along for the ride, and it, it grew into a love for sports. And he also coaches – He uh, he's the D.C. at Whitmire High School where we graduated high school. And um, But that 
is probably my first influence way back. Um, as far as collegiate level or NFL, it's hard to – and I'm a Carolina fan. Now I'm not die hard like most people. I'm not going to lose sleep over Carolina Clemson. But it's probably Brent Venerables. Mm-hmm. Um, just, God, they always look like they're in position. And they're always intense. And that's all you can ask, man. Half, half of – the biggest part of having a good defense is making sure you're lined up right. Make sure you line up. Yeah. <laughs> Alignment, assignment, key, pursuit. And that's as simple as it gets. Align correctly, know your assignment, read your key, get to the daggone football and crack somebody's head open. And that makes sense. I mean, defense is all enough, reactionary. Right? Um, yeah. And then it's a lot of preparation going there. I mean, you're, you're chasing guys and you're – getting off blocks and things like that. So all of those things make sense. Our, our, um, another guy who is a heck of a coach, um, Matthew Bennett, who coaches our offensive line, he gives me a hard time. He says, I don't know why y'all spend so much time watching film. All you got to do is just tackle the guy with the ball. Just go out there <laughs> and spin around whoever's got the ball tackling. Simple enough. Simple enough. Well, let's ask Ethan now about some, uh, some more questions about this season. Going into the year, did you guys have some goals you set on defense? Like, hey, we, we want to allow 20 points or less a game or, you know, whatever. Did y'all have some some maybe some decent side of the ball goals and also some team goals that you could share with us here on the show? Yeah. Um, as far as team goals go, Coach Fountain does a, a really, really good job of one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that – and now, obviously, we want to win the region championship. Mm-hmm and then make a run in the playoffs. But you can't do that if you're if we're worried about the team we play in three weeks instead of this Friday. So Coach Fountain has done a very good job of focusing on one game at a time. Uh, he does a great job keeping those kids out in that. As far as defense goes, and this, this is referencing Coach A again, I remember being a young green defensive coordinator, and he comes up to me like, I don't know, two weeks before the first game and says, Ethan, rule number one of being a defense coordinator is don't let the best player beat you. I said, do what? And he said, everybody in the stands can look at you and say, well, I knew he was getting the ball. So make somebody else beat you. And um, I ain't going to say that's our whole game plan every week, but if they got a guy, take him away and make them do something they're uncomfortable doing. Um, as far as goals go, we really focus on trying to have our calls turnovers mm-hmm. because you still a possession and that can change a game. Awesome. So I know um, a difficult thing is managing success. You guys won your first region game, um, 6-0 and on the season. How difficult is keeping these guys locked in? I know you mentioned game by game. Um, that that focus, but what are some other things that you you do throughout the week at practice when you have them in football class to keep those guys locked in? Um, we we really like to. I don't want to say humble them because that sounds like we're bashing them, but you you just gotta you gotta keep let them know. Look, hey, nobody cares. Last week is gone. Okay. No, it don't matter if you beat the New England Patriots last week if you roll up and lose to some team that you shouldn't have lost to this week. So we celebrate on Fridays. We all have a good time. But 
once again, Coach Fountain does a really, really good job of preaching flush it. It's gone. We got to move to the next week and making sure that we are taking every opponent as serious as the last or the next one and moving one week at a time. Like Jarrell said, 6-0, and great start for you guys. Kind of a two-parter here. When did you guys know that this team could be special? Is something you saw maybe in preseason or you knew building off last year or whatever it was? And then also, how awesome has it been to see the community really rally around this team? Because, you know, Clinton, great football town. What's it been like to see that kind of come back alive as well this season? Well, first I want to hit on that, and then I'll tell you when I when we started to understand. Um, there's no other place like Clinton when you're you're – Six and oh, these fans are passionate, brother. I'm telling you, and it, it it's really made being a Red Devil enjoyable because they don't mind telling you either. I mean, they'll come up and say, "Hey, coach, I like I said earlier, I played on this team, and I love what y'all are doing. I love how the guys are playing. I I hope y'all can keep it rolling." So it's it's really enjoyable being in a place that it means so much. Now, as far as the when did we think we could get it rolling? Um, I, they told me when they said, "Hey, come come be a defense coordinator." I said, and the JV teams had not. I mean, they hadn't lost a game, and they was coming up. And um, but anyway, last year we finished three and three, um, and we lost to Broom. So we're trying to get a little redemption this week. We lost to Broom on a, a last minute. I say a last minute. It was like two or three minutes left in the game. They score on fourth and goal and go for two, and it goes through one of our best players' hands and lands in their hands for a two-point conversion. And then we drive the field with like a minute left and get a field goal block. So that's first loss. And then we go to Chapman, who was really good and still really good. Mm -hmm. uh, and we played them very tight. And we ended up losing that game. I think it was 17 to seven last year. And uh, the opening drive of the game, we we drove it all the way down inside the five yard line and didn't get in. And and it was just a slow fast man. Anytime you play teams like Chapman, you got to be ready and you got to you got to make the most of the opportunity. And then Union was our other loss. And like I told y'all, that was a late late loss too. So all three of our losses last year were. I mean, just dog fights. Mm -hmm. And we knew we were bringing most of our guys back. We lost a couple guys off that team that were awesome players. Marcus Chalmers, uh, C.K. Uh, Vance, Shy Connor. They were all great guys. Miss them. But we knew that the bulk of that team was coming back. And this it just speaks testaments to Coach Fountain of how he has been bought into a weight room. Okay. Um, I've, I've seen some of the best players in certain situations, not in our situation, the classic booby miles from Friday night lights that I don't have to lift. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm booby miles, but it's, it's not that case. I mean, our best players, you're, you're, and not just our best players, everybody you're talking, um, John Corey, Gary, Bryson, James, Peyton Pitts, Davis Wilson, who is your senior quarterback, um, Joshon Copeland, Austin and Justin Copeland, um, Hezekiah, CJ, Wilson Wages. I'm just naming all these guys, and it's like they can't get enough of the weight room. And we're, we're not talking about guys that don't play. We're talking about the heart and soul of the team. 
And when they're that bought into improving themselves, it, it really speaks a testament. And we, I, I don't, I don't like sitting here trying to take credit for it because those kids, just the the grind that they've embraced is unreal. So we're getting into the meat of your region schedule. Like I said, you kicked off Union last week. You got Broom coming up. I think you travel to Broom this yeah. week. Um, what kind of challenges do they? They face specifically because um, I know they like to, to throw the ball around a good bit, right? Yes. Yeah, they do. And their quarterback is just wow. Um, he hurt us a lot last year. A lot of respect for him. And um, that, there's a lot of good coaches out there, too. Coach Fleming is a good guy. Um, Will Hickson is a personal friend of mine. He's up there. Love him to death. Looking forward to seeing him Friday. Um, but they do. They screen you to death. All right, and they're going to throw that football around. And I would, too, if I had a quarterback like that. I mean, put him in his hands. Hey, you got Booby Miles, you give him the football, you know, and he's a, right. great, he's a great player. Um, and Broom's always a tough out, man. They're always – they're a good football team. Yeah, I was uh, – Dylan Ramirez, somebody I kick and really sling it. Um, yeah. You know, you guys are in probably one of the toughest 3A, 3A regions in the state. You know, you got Broom this week. Chapman next week. I know you don't want to look ahead to Chapman, but that's a that's a big ball game there. Have you started preparing maybe a little bit, little bit for those guys on the side, you know, and some extra extra time there, or do you just really next week we'll get all locked in for that one? Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm big into bad juju and bad luck. And one of the first things I learned in coaching football is if you start looking at film with the next opponent, the one you're facing is going to get you. And I don't fool with it, man. I'm I'm all broom this week, and win, lose, or draw Friday night, we'll worry about the next one on Saturday. Um, but like I said, all, all in on Broom. And like Chapman is a good football team, and it will be a big game. But if we don't win Friday night, it's not near as important. That's right. That's right. Good deal. So, yeah, you got Broom, Chapman, Emerald, and Woodruff in the region. Um, so is, is, I guess that the next team goal is that region championship. And then you start looking towards playoff seating or, or like, like you just told Kevin, or is it just that one week at a time? Well, you, um, we are, we take it one week at a time. Okay. So like I said, we got broom this week, got to go there. Obviously the goal is to win the region championship, but instead of looking forward, you can't, you can't look over a speed bump and trip up. All right, you got you to watch your feet where they are at that time and you take care of it that week. Now, if we continue to take care of it week after week after week, then hopefully our goal of a region championship will become true. But you're right. The region is – it is full of just tough teams and, and, and good coaches at every stop. And I, I wanted to make a point to say this um, on this, and I think now is a good time. And I've referenced people throughout the coaching, the coaching world and the network. The people in the fan in the stands get on them, whether it's Clinton or or Broom or Woodruff or Chapman or Union, wherever. But I can honestly say that all the way from Union with Coach Thompson and Coach Robinson and Coach Langenfeld and uh, Broom with Coach Will Hickson and um, just all of these schools and stops. They're just – they're genuinely good people, all right? So, um, your, your football team might not be winning a lot of games or they might be undefeated. 
But I can genuinely say that 95% of the high school football coaches I come across are genuinely good people. And that, that's the most. And I know Dabo's put a lot of emphasis over the past couple of years raising men, all right, raising men that will be productive in society. And I feel like the majority of high school football is doing that. And that's just great to say for the coaching world because if we had a coach that were putting emphasis on the wrong things, these kids, they spend more time with the coaches in the season than they do their parents. So it, it just wouldn't it wouldn't bode well for society or the character of those children. So we're we're blessed that in South Carolina our coaches are who they are. Yeah, we certainly got a good group here, and that's you know it's a it takes a special person to be with kids every day, and and we've got a really good group here, like you mentioned, and great to see that. Um, so Ethan, appreciate you joining us. If you guys want to follow Ethan on Twitter, he's at e underscore Campbell Suit for some more content all throughout the week. Drill, any other questions you want to run by Ethan here? Yeah, I got a trick play for the defensive guy. Uh, you talk, you've had success on the football field this year. How's deer season going for you? Man, um, <laughs> I'm glad my girlfriend's <laughs> not in here because my girlfriend's a deer hunter and she missed a buck last night with her bow. And oh, she's, no. <laughs> she's all upset over it. But um, right now it's a little dry, but this cold front coming up in the next couple weeks or two, it's, it's going to kick it off. That's right. That's right. Well, man, like we mentioned – it's been awesome to see you guys off such a hot start. You know, we talked about it before the show, how much of a big football town Clinton is and how such a, how what a story program it is. So great to see them. So great to see you guys off to a hot start, man. We really appreciate you joining us tonight. Hopefully get down there to catch a game here in a couple of weeks. But uh, thanks for your time, and we'll uh, chat with you soon, Ethan. All right, bud. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, man. And our podcast, Trail Moving the Chains, is brought to you by the George Agency, serving the insurance needs of South Carolina for over 35 years. They're a full-line insurance agency concentrated in employee benefits and health insurance in the office in Mullins and Merrill's Inlet. They can help you all across the state. They have clients in Greer, Rock Hill, Columbia, et cetera. So wherever you are, they can help. Whether you're a seasonal worker or a small business owner needing insurance for your company, give Bradley, Wayne Richard, and the crew a call, thegeorgeac.net. Check them out there. Tell them the Moving the Chains boys sent you. And also our newest sponsor, Security Advantage Federal Credit Union. They, are, they have a clear purpose to improve the financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates and don't charge the fees that other banks do. Whatever your personal journey, Security Advantage is here to offer you smart financial solutions. Join today at securityadvantagefcu.com. That's securityadvantagefcu.com. Security Advantage Federal Credit Union. Win at banking. Thrive at life. Member NCUA.